My name is Ryan Miner. I'm the host of a Minor Detail podcast. I report on Maryland political news at a minordetail.com. A Minor Detail is a startup media outlet dedicated to bringing Marylanders a multimedia experience. Our platform is painstakingly fair. We're nonpartisan and independent. We're not beholden to donors or big advertisers. We're interested in the facts in every story. We're interested in finding the truth. This year, A Minor Detail and its podcast turns five years old. A Minor Detail covers trending Maryland political news. We keep politicians honest, we don't play favorites, and we certainly don't bullshit you. We encourage you to support local news, and it's up to you to decide how to use it and how to make sense of it. Now, let's talk about the news. So if you're just tuning in now, uh, aminordetail.com is my website. I am on the web at also aminordetail.com slash podcast. And I am live on Facebook. I am live. <laughs> you can see me, right? <laughs> I'm pointing to your website. That's right. And make sure that you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and you can share this on your personal page. If you're watching now on you on Facebook, make sure you share this uh, on your personal page. And uh, make sure you also subscribe to aminordetail.com slash newsletter. Just go to that, and you can get my morning newsletter. And we're at the top of the hour. It is Sunday, August the 30th, and uh, Delegate Carl Anderton is on. What's on happening, Carl? Namaste, brother. How you doing? Um, I'm good. You know, it's been busy. The kids are heading back to school tomorrow. Right, right. So how's that working out? Then so far so good. Um, we're waiting to see how it goes. You know, right. Your boys are they? Uh, what? How old are your boys? Oh, they're out. Of, they're out of school. They're in college. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the benefits of starting young. Um, is that uh, you know, they're uh. You know, so you can do you can do it one of two ways. You know, as an adult, you can either wait, get married later, have kids later, and have your fun in your, you know, twenties and thirties, or you can get married, boom, when you're eighteen or nineteen, and then you can have your fun in your forties. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what we did. It wasn't planned, but it just kind of kind of worked out that way, and and uh, you know, so now we, uh, you know. We well, got that going on. So well, look, have, you know, you know Ki- Kim and I yeah. got married. Um, we got married a little bit later in life, and um, mm-hmm. we're trying to have more kids. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I don't know yet, but we we have to go through a, a different process, and I'm not ashamed to talk about sure. it because Kim and right. I are going through the the IVF process, and it's um, sure. it's emotional. It's uh, it's takes a lot. There's a lot of testing. So we're um, we'll just say this: we're trying to have a baby. <laughs> so how many do you want? I I'd love like five or six, but five reason, or six. Now how many does she want? <laughs> that, well, she wants twins. She says Kim says okay. she wants twins. Oh well, okay. I mean, if you can make that work, then that's a one shot deal, man. That's cool. Well, I um, <laughs> I, I'd be fine with like one. I mean, yeah, but sure. you know, whatever God blesses us with. Sure, um, absolutely. And uh, but you know. Delegate, you have been on the show a couple times, and we know each other. Um, I love that you were smoking a cigar. That's so classic Carl Anderton. <laughs> I'm outside, you know. I got yeah. Bunky over here. He's got a cigar lit, and I'm like, I want one too. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's, yeah. Well, first of all, what's happened on the lower shore? What's going on maybe in state politics, um, separate from the county? But um, tell me a little bit about what you've been up to since COVID. I know that you all had yeah. to halt session um, early. Right. You got out and then you go back. And, you know, Carl, I know that um, your day job is strenuous. Are you, what's, what's happening down there? So you know, we're just constantly working on uh, connecting people who are struggling here because of COVID and in general uh, with, you know, state agencies, a lot of connections with uh, the department of labor. Uh, we've been through that entire roller coaster ride of the unemployment website, you know, the debacle that was and how it smoothed out. And now we're dealing with the other end where we have small businesses calling needing connection because of unemployment fraud. You know, now that places are opened back up, you know, some people are not wanting to go back to work. And so, you know, they, they're saying, you know, look, we made a job offer. They declined it and they're still collecting unemployment. That's not how that should work. And so we're working on that stuff now and uh, we're making some headway with it. It's, um, you know, it, it's the, the same scenario as it was back in March and April when we were connecting people with unemployment. They weren't, you know, ready for the, the volume of people. Of course, nobody was prepared for that. And so now you have the volume increasing on the other end of, you know, businesses wanting uh, assistance with dealing with unemployment fraud. Uh, so, so that's become a, uh, an issue for us, but, but we're, we're, uh, we're doing well. I mean, the governor and his staff, they're always responsive to us anytime we need anything at all. Yep. And, uh, you know, anytime I've had communications with the, uh, um, controller's office, I mean, hmm. they're right on it too. I mean, so I have no, no complaints about when I reach out to those two two office holders and their staff. They're always right on it. You know, delegate uh, on the lower shore, things are kind of remind me of how they work in Western Maryland. Um, it's a little bit slower pace, but sure. one of these days, I think we're going to end up on the shore. So and come on over, man. Come I'll, on. I'll tell you, Salisbury, under the direction of Jake Day and the council and uh the this the acting mayor they have done so much good work for a community and it's not partisan it's about municipal governance and you could not find i think a better mayor for the times than jake day i really believe that yeah no jake has been a great partner to work with and uh you know anytime uh you know we agree on things you know things work well when mm -hmm. we don't uh, we agree to disagree, and and but we put out a united front on the, on the outside uh, because you know you you want to make sure that the people who elect you know that you can disagree but you can get along. But you guys have a great relationship. Yeah, yeah without that you have dysfunction. Yeah, and let me ask you this, Carl, uh, on the shore and when COVID first hit, yeah, and the governor made the tough decision to essentially shut down the state. I have heard from plenty of businesses in the aftermath of that, that they understand the decision from the governor that he had to do that. But have you heard from struggling business owners in the, in the County, in this, in your district? What, oh, yeah. what are you hearing from them? I know that it has to be tough given these just completely unusual circumstances. Yeah. I mean, there's several examples. I mean, of course our, our restaurateurs were struggling. They still are. Uh, you know, because of reduced capacity. And, and now that 
you know, we've had the fortunate uh, use of warm weather in the summer for outdoor dining. I mean, you can see on the horizon that that, that time's going to come to an end and we're going to have a real issue on our hands once again um, as we move forward at, and, and either increase capacity or, or have to find ways around what the weather is going to provide us in, a, in just a, you know, a matter of, of weeks, if not months, yeah. it comes to eating outdoors. Uh, you know, but a lot of specialty businesses, you know, I had, I had a, a uh, I guess you would call it a tanning shop, uh, you know, uh, couldn't open. And of course, the tanning season is in the spring from, you know, March through the end of May. Uh, as people get their base tan before they go out and get their real tan. Their base tan. <laughs> so, you know, you know, and uh, <laughs> got to get that bronze, man. Got to get that bronze. Um, you know, so that was an issue. And we were able to, to help them kind of get open by, by appointment only and, and allow them uh, to recoup some of that lost income. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's it's been a struggle on many different fronts. And, you know, we still have movie theaters closed and we still have a lot of areas that, that are just uh, – not able to generate the income that they base their budget off of. And so, right. you know, there's going to be some issues coming up uh, for the next year after this, uh, as, as we go through that year cycle of businesses and their, their budgeting and, and forecasting and trying to recoup what was lost as best they can. Well, I, uh, I, it's a tough situation all around. Our lives have been all upended. I'm sure yours, especially, as a state delegate, you're trying to navigate the complexities of answering questions, but yeah, uh, I'm sure that in your district, uh, you are, I know personally, firsthand experience, you're responsive. You're one of the few state delegates who, you go out in the middle of winter. I asked you, we interviewed a couple of times at, at Harry Brown's, and you and I talked, and, and I asked you what you were doing that weekend, and I think it was in the middle of february or early march and you said hey man i'm going out knocking doors this weekend i got to talk to my constituents (laughs) it was cold too but i I, what we do during a session is is we try to our best when somebody reaches out to us during the week that that we'll go knock on their door um yeah you know address their concerns that way and and uh it's not always possible with the the ebb and flow of session uh you know sometimes you know you get a whole weekend sometimes you get a day sometimes you get a day and a half but, but we do the best we can and then on the way back and forth to Annapolis, I'm, I'm calling people and, and we're emailing and, and, uh, you know, the whole point is to stay in contact and, and to stay available, uh, because that, that is after all, that's your employer. Yeah. And, you know, if you go around ignoring your employer, then it's a pretty good chance you're going to be unemployed. Uh, so <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Good life yeah. advice and delegate uh in late july um sadly um former county executive bob culver passed away of cancer um Mm -hmm. talk to me about your relationship with the late county executive sure you know i mean bob was very driven um and he you know if he set a goal out he was going to hit it you know he's going to hit it and sometimes it rubbed people the wrong way sometimes there was abrasiveness with the council sometimes there was abrasion with you know, the, the municipalities, because he, he saw what he wanted and he was going. And, uh, you know, so, you know, we have a little bit of a different style, him and I. Mm-hmm. But the, end, the end goal was always the same. And, and he wanted to do what he felt in his heart was the best for the county. And I don't think anybody can dispute that. And uh, so it, it is definitely uh, a loss to not have him here with us anymore. Well, certainly is. 
he was a good man. I didn't know him personally, but I knew um, he, I, 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 I saw him around. And sure. 67 is a young man. It's too young to, to pass away, and especially yeah, from cancer. And my, my heart goes out to his family, especially. And it's a difficult time, too. For the county, you have to go through a process, and part of that process is the county council is, uh, I believe by charter, legally mandated to select the next county executive. There's an application process, and... Is it only Republicans who can apply, uh, delegate? Yeah, it's it's uh, the the party of the executive. Okay. Yeah. So there was what four people who applied for the job? Yes, sir. Okay, and you applied, and then you went through the process. Talk to me about your decision to apply to become the next county executive. And what you did to distinguish yourself from the other folks who had put their name into the hat? Sure. You know, um, this is something that we had contemplated, you know, uh, running for the office in 2022. You know, I base everything I do in public service off of feedback from the people I represent. And so I had a lot uh, prior to 2018, people were asking me. Uh, to run for executive, but I felt that going to Annapolis and, and, and working more with Governor Hogan, we had a lot of big budget items um, coming up, and I thought that it would be best for us to uh, to stay in Annapolis four more years and then uh, run for the executive seat in 2022. Uh, but since the, uh, the unfortunate passing of the county executive, I had people reaching out to me, asking me to put my name in. And so, you know, we, we talked about it and, and, uh, you know, due to the very unique circumstances facing us for the next two years, dealing with the, uh, the economic, uh, downturn related to COVID-19, uh, the ability to go to Annapolis and to, to work, uh, with the legislature, with the governor securing funding for the County, the ability to, to know, and follow up when we apply for grants, just the, the connection with Annapolis and we felt would be, that would be the best benefit for the next two years is to go ahead and, and put our name in the ring and, uh, or put our name in the hat and, uh, you know, jump in the ring and get started now versus waiting two years from now to run, uh, to take advantage of what would be, uh, a, a unique, uh, opportunity, but also, advantageous for us because of the connections in Annapolis uh, over these next two budget cycles, at least or three to, uh, to go after state dollars that, you know, other counties may not have that, that ability. So that would put us in the leg up uh, for a change. Um, so, so when we applied, you know, I sat down and it, and it gave me the opportunity. I, you know, I worked with Bunky, I worked with Kendall and, and, and a couple other people. And, and I met with council members, I solicited their input. And uh, so we formulated a vision and a plan. And um, I think, let's see, I have, I have copies here of, of what we had put together. Um, yeah, it's pretty detailed. I didn't see it, but I saw the, it looks like it was binded. And yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It was, it is, it is a bound document. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you look at each, I like the visual. You know, it has a place for council members to put their own 
priorities in, and we do COVID, we do staffing, we do operating budget, capital budget, you know, broadband access, economic development, health accessibility, you know, the, the airport and our river port, which are the two largest in the state, um, you know, roads and infrastructure, water and wastewater, planning and zoning, education, uh, charter review committee, environment, and, and on and on, just how, how we would operate um, in that office. And then we had a second one. Uh, this is a copy of the second one I ran out, but this, these talk about focus groups that we would put together to deal on these topics right here. Nice. Um, and they would, they would involve people from the community. So if we were to craft, you know, tax incentives or uh, better ways to attract and maintain businesses, it would come from the business community and not just a bunch of bureaucrats sitting around saying, I think this would work, you know, uh, so shall it be written, you know, whatever, so shall it be done. But instead it would be the actual business owner saying, you know, what would benefit my sector is this, you know, or what would benefit my sector is that. And, and we would craft what we would do based off of that. And then we would also have, we had groups where we'd bring in community groups like the NAACP and Habitat for Humanity and the Christian Shelter, which deal with homeless or homeless community and bringing these groups together so we could learn as quick as possible from one end to the county, one end of the county to the other, how is daily life affected and what can we do to, to improve it either by helping or just getting out of the way, you know? And so we, we were gonna meet with, the, there's eight municipalities eight cities and towns in the county. So we were going to do regular meetings with those governments to see how we can collaborate to save money because tax dollars going to be extra tight. And so the, the more that we can collaborate together, the lower the price tag on infrastructure projects become. And then we're going to meet with the local police departments, the local fire yeah. department, just all, all across the whole gamut of governance in the county uh, to find ways to collaborate, to find ways to better understand, to find ways to, Hear priorities that may not be thought of otherwise because nobody talks or gets input from that particular sector of the county. Yeah. Prior to you becoming a state delegate, uh, you were a mayor of your, yes. your hometown. That Absolutely, yeah. gave you some executive experience. Talk to me about the demographics in your district. What you know, What's the, the medium income? Uh, what are the economics of the district? What's the primary... Um, what, what do people do for work? Sure. Well, we have the urban core of the county in our district. So we have Delmar, we have Salisbury, we have Fruitland, and then we have the unincorporated, unincorporated areas that, around, that surround those areas. Basically, the 13 corridor that runs from Delaware to Somerset County out on either side. And so we have probably 70 to 80 percent of all businesses in the county are in our district. <laughs> and so it's a very uh, ebb and flow population. You know, it's probably well over 100,000 during the day down to about 40,000 at night because of the workforce that's in there. You know, we have, you know, the hospital, we have Salisbury University, we have Warwick Community College, you know, not to mention all the schools and high schools and elementary schools and Purdue Farms, corporate headquarters is in our district. And so it is, uh, it is a district that is that covers a wide gamut, you know, from folks who struggle economically to folks who are more able to, to handle life economically. And so, you know, it, it is, uh, it is diverse, you know, from, from one end of the spectrum to the other. And I think that's awesome. And, uh, so I get a little sample in my district of what most people go through, you know, from regardless of their encumbrance, if there are any, 
And so, you know, to be able to adapt and change, I have, you know, I have a, a district that is a moderate district, mm-hmm. you know, have, uh, you know, uh, but the party affiliation is very split. So it's a purple district. If you want, if you go by that, that's why my campaign colors are purple. <laughs> Take, you know, Republican red and Democrat blue, put them together. You get, get that purple. Ravens flag behind you. Always brother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got it. Yeah, man. Uh, well, yeah. I, you know, I wanted to make mention that delegate in Annapolis, you have earned a reputation for not being a partisan, which I think is a good thing. That yes, you are a registered Republican. Yes, sure. you identify as being conservative, yeah. but you you have never displayed this knack for just naked partisanship. You've never made a decision. Um, at least from my experience knowing you and watching your career, that you take into consideration party first. I see you as someone who is a municipal official at heart, somebody who believes strongly in good governance, someone who truly wants to work across the aisle, or work with anyone, rather. And to that point, you've developed an excellent relationship with people across the aisle with whom you disagree and I remember specifically you talked to me about you have a great relationship with Maggie McIntosh that she's taught you a lot yeah yeah absolutely uh her uh as well as Kumar Barve um you know who my state delegate here in district 17 absolutely Kumar's amazing you know there are a lot of things we disagree on and that's okay you disagree it's it's part of life but nobody wants to go around you should not want to go around living in the echo chamber right Uh, you should want to hear differing opinions because that's what helps you individually grow and expand as a human being. And also it allows you the the ability to share your life story with other people. And that helps them grow as well. So it's a give and take. And, you know, there are a lot of bills in Annapolis that'll have Prince George's County, Baltimore city and little Wicomico sneaking in there. So <laughs> a little joke, you know, it's like, you know, you know, Hey, Oh, there's, there's, there's little brother Wicomico sneaking in this phone. You know, and anytime that there's a way that we can fit in with any piece of legislation, especially if it's going to help us physically, we're, we're going to do it. And we have done it. But we have a great delegation here that I get to work with, you know, from the Speaker Pro Tem uh, lives just down the road from me, you know, mm-hmm. Sharice Sample Hughes. And, and, and then you have, you know, Chris Adams, who's very business minded. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Johnny Maltz, who, who owns a, a restaurant. Carpenter Street. He has that for. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, and. and you know, we have, you know, uh, Wayne Hartman over in Ocean City who has the, the experience mm-hmm. of the resort. Mary Beth Carosa. So we have, um, you know, we have a very well-rounded delegation. And, uh, you know, so, you know, but we all work together in Annapolis. And it's really cool to see that. And so it, it's not only that, but I, I, I will work and have worked and, uh, with anyone at all, you know, about anything. I mean, there, there's, there are folks in Annapolis that, you know, we're, we're, we could be on opposite ends of the spectrum on some instances, but then in some instances we're right together. And so you, you celebrate the times when you're together and, and you tend to forget the times you're apart. I've seen it in action. I've seen the way that you have interacted with your colleagues on the, uh, the committees and, yeah. uh, it's, it's good to see Republicans and Democrats working together for legislation, even though you disagree, but you've 
you've passed some bipartisan pieces of legislation uh, over the last uh, four or five years of your career. And so you you entered this race for county executive. You you put your name into a hat. The process, uh, you know, I'm thinking about this delegate. Is it mm-hmm. is it common for county councils to be the body that selects the next executive in the event of a vacancy? I just I had assumed, take it for what it is, that it will come through the central committee and then be appointed by the governor, just like every other seat is done. Correct. Right. You know, but when I you know, when you find out that it is, you know, the, the council who makes the selection, you immediately, you know, look at the scope of the council and, and their, uh, their personal viewpoints to see where you fit. And so I knew, you know, uh, it would be an uphill battle because there are some members of the council who don't like the fact that I work with uh, Democrats or, or independents or anybody other than staunch Republicans, that I have a relationship with the mayor of the largest municipality I represent. The people actually got upset because I will meet with, work with the mayor of Salisbury. That He is literally my constituent. He is literally my boss, my employer. He was one of the people who, I don't know how he voted, but could have voted for me. So to, to simply ignore that based off party affiliation is foolhardy at best. And, uh, and definitely delves into the acme of foolishness um, to, to ignore someone in your district because of their party affiliation. I mean, that is that is the opposite of me. I'm never going to ignore anyone based off their party affiliation. I don't care what their affiliation is. We either agree or we don't, and we just move on. And I think that that goes back to the municipal background because in municipal government, there are no Democrats or Republicans. None, there's only two uh, – municipalities, maybe three in the entire state that are have partisan elections. The other 154 are nonpartisan. So, you know, it's just a thing that I was just ingrained in me to not pay attention to that. Uh, And delegate, what was your position with the Maryland Municipal League and or MACO at at one point or the other? I was president of uh, the Maryland Municipal League. Uh, the, The Maryland Municipal League is an association that 157 cities and towns belong to. Uh, it's an advocacy group, an education group. And, uh, you know, you go there and you're a part of it and you bounce ideas off of the other municipalities and they advocate on your behalf, your goals in Annapolis. And uh, it, it carries a lot of weight in, this, in the halls of the state house. I mean, when you see Scott Hancock, who's the executive director, or, or Candace Donahue, who just retired, you see them walk the halls in Annapolis, people pay attention. And uh, so I had the amazing honor to be president of that organization, which gave me the ability uh, to travel the state and meet with municipal leaders and legislators all across the state prior to running for the House. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, that helped me understand how business is done, the business of governance is done from one end of the state to the other. And so I took from that strengths and weaknesses and incorporated it basically into my own game. You know, it's interesting. My councilman here in Gaithersburg, Ryan Spiegel, was president. Yes, of my Indiana. man. Yeah, right. Ryan, mm-hmm. speak. Yeah, exactly. We've had a lot of good conversations yeah. about MML. Yeah. So, and I just want to piece this together in the lead up to you applying. You met with members of the council mm-hmm. and you based, I'm sure you had to fill out some sort of application, right? Yeah. And yeah. And on that application, delegate, you list 
your experience, elected or otherwise, your professional career. And so maybe you could help me understand this. Now, when you became mayor of Del Mar, how long ago was that? It was 2011. Okay. And then you... And you ran for the state house in 2014. Yes. And you were elected, and then you ran again in 2018 and were yes. reelected. Were you a council person in Del Mar before yes. prior? Okay. I was. Yep. And when did you? When were you elected council person? 2005. So you were a you were a, a member of the city council or the town council rather of Del Mar. Two terms. Two term yep. council member. Mm-hmm. Plus the mayor. Two terms. Plus. A twice-elected state delegate, mm-hmm. plus the president of Maryland's largest municipal organi- governing body of municipalities, all 157, which is basically a full-time job, in addition to being a state delegate. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a great year uh, learning that how that operates. And so what MML is for municipalities, MACO is for counties. Okay. And so as you were applying for this job and you list this experience, you're, the other three individuals who entered, did they have any elected experience? One. Okay. And who one. was that? He subsequently withdrew. That was one of the council members. And was that Mr. Dodd? No, Mr. Holloway. Oh, okay. Mr. Holloway. So and I yeah. remember reading that he did withdraw. So, he withdrew because he found out that uh, he would have to resign his council seat to apply for the executive seat that he wouldn't be able to vote for himself which makes sense i mean sure and, yeah. and how do you ask your fellow members of the council to consider i mean that's an awkward ethical pickle i would imagine well fortunately we didn't have to deal with that so he he, he, he did the admirable thing and withdrew and um but among the four of you who applied uh-huh. you were the only person therefore who had this wealth of experience in elected office, relationships with state delegates, relationships with county and municipal officials, you could, assuming you could walk in the day that you were sworn in and get to work and know what the heck you were doing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we were ready to go. So you, you talked to me about meeting with individual council members, and when you were meeting with individual county council members, and I believe there, is there five in, in Wicomico? There's seven in Wicomico. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your conversations with them, and you don't have to tell me intricate details, but what was the tone of those conversations? I basically laid out what I envisioned the job being, and then I solicited input. I said, what do you expect from a county executive? That's leadership. What are your priorities? And then we incorporated their their issues, their concerns into these documents. So these have the have one, two, three, five council members' fingerprints on them. Um, so, so you it, to, oh, so you incorporated that into your your presentation. Yeah. So so when five of the seven council members looked at these documents, they saw their their fingerprints. So when when you talk to them. Did any of them express concern about your, as you mentioned, relationships with Democrats? Yes. How many? Yeah, Uh, two. Two of them. And was one of them Larry Dodd? I never got the chance to speak with Larry Dodd. Okay. And so when they talked to you about that, 
Did, did it at any point when you were sitting down to talk with them, or maybe it was socially distanced <laughs> during COVID, uh, did, did you get a sense that the council members were more interested in your experience or were they uh, more, I guess, uh, concerned by your partnerships or rather your collegial work uh, across the uh, board relationships with Democrats. What do you what do you make of that? I think it was both. Okay. I think it was both. And are they Republicans who are deeply entrenched into the Republican Party? What 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 is it? I mean, why why would they express concern? What was the uh, issue? I, I can't answer that. I I don't know. Um, I didn't uh, delve too much into it, other than to explain that you know I believe the best way to govern is to work with everybody when you can. You agree, and you do that privately and that way, you know, because especially at the county level, if you disagree publicly, uh, the bonding agencies look at that. You know, when you go out to bond for capital projects, you know, and, and Wicomico County averages about $10 million a year in bond, uh, bond sales. And so, uh, you know, you can only assume that, you know, the underwriter who has no idea where Wicomico County is, but looks up news articles for background and sees infighting, and says, well, these people can't get along, man. They, they can't get that good, good interest rate. We're going to give them that other interest rate. And so, you know, the goal is to keep those things to the side and publicly put out a united front so that way you save money off of better rates. So that that's my whole mindset. But I, you know, obviously it wasn't shared. And if you're just tuning in right now, it is 9.35 p.m., and we're at the bottom half of the hour. I'm with State Delegate Carl Anderton. We're talking about, the, yes, with the Ravens flying behind him. We're talking about the interesting process that he just went through to apply for a vacant county executive seat, and we're going to get to some of these details in just a moment. And Delegate Anderton was explaining to me that he met with people inside of the city council. He's talked to them in some conversations. So let's fast forward then to the actual selection. There was, again, four people. And did you know, now, were you present the day that they were making the decision? Oh, yeah, they made the decision 30 minutes after the interviews. They made, oh, so there was no, is that common? I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't know how that normally works. I assumed it would not be that day, but uh, they went in the back and met for about a half hour, came out and uh, and voted. Okay. And, uh, you know, so. Uh, and, well, I was going to say this, but prior to the outcome of the vote, and I know you to be a humble guy. I don't see you as someone who boasts in Annapolis of his uh, accomplishments. I think you're a low key kind of guy. Uh, you know, at any point during preceding the the vote, I, I mean, did anybody get the impression that you thought that maybe you were owed this based on your experience? And how did you conduct yourself going into this? I went and sat down. I, I, I'm not owed anything. Uh, you know, I, I'm I was there because uh, the residents of the county asked me to be there, and so you know, I, the way I look at governance is that. Some people perceive the elect, elected office to be at the top of the food chain. I look at it as you're at the bottom. Yeah. It is servant. And so, you know, for me, you know, I, I was gracious 
just to be able to interview. I was humbled to just be able to put a plan together just to see. Did anybody else do that? Put a plan together? No. Oh. And did you have public support? Did people email members of the council in to encourage yes. them to vote for you? Was that, and what was that like? I mean, was it 10 or was it, was, it 100? It was hundreds. It okay. was hundreds. Because I was carbon copied on all of them. And I don't know if it was all of them, but I, I was carbon copied off on several, several hundred emails. Okay. Uh, sent out, and so they they ranged from business owners to just constituents uh, to colleagues in Annapolis. Uh, my chairman, uh, Kumar Barve, sent a letter on my behalf. Okay. Uh, that for a moment, how cool is that? That somebody from the opposite party, um, you know, because that's kind of a no-no in Annapolis is you know to go out and endorse somebody from the other party, but he sent a letter on my behalf talking about how uh, how focused I am on Wicomico County in Annapolis, and that uh, if I were to be county executive, that I could just walk right in his office as I do now. Mm -hmm. And committee deals with a lot of important issues in Wicomico County, from infrastructure to poultry. I mean, everybody knows ag, we're the number one ag producing county in the state. And so uh, to, to have the headquarters, uh, the corporate headquarters of Purdue Farms here in Wicomico, um, the ability to have the county executive go up and meet with the chair of the committee of jurisdiction, you know, is I saw, I thought it was extremely valuable. Um, but so to, to have those things happen, you know, I think um, to me, it was very humbling to have people reach out on my behalf. And, uh, you know, so I'm not really sure you know, why they went in a different direction, but it's entirely their prerogative. So they ultimately chose a, a doctor. Yeah. They came back and they voted. Do you know the way that the vote went? Oh, yeah, they voted in public. Okay, and how many votes did you receive? Three. Three, and then how many votes? And the gentleman's name is Dr. It's Renee, is it? Demaris. Demaris. And He's Renee, a great guy, by the way. Renee since 2014 is a phenomenal guy. And he ran for state delegate, I believe. He did. He ran against uh, in the primary with uh, uh, Chris Adams and Johnny Maltz. Okay. So he ran for state delegate. He applies for this seat. And uh, what was his vote total? He got four. He got four. So he got one more yeah. vote. And mm -hmm. okay. And I'm sure that when the vote came down that's disappointing i kind of expected it you honestly. expected it uh not necessarily well you don't want to say you expected it but i wasn't shocked you know i wasn't like blown out of my shoes that they went in a different direction i mean you know i i knew that one of the underlying faults that was had with me was the fact that i'll work with anybody you know um in fact one of the conversations i had with a council member you know who uh, was very explicit about uh, being uncomfortable with me working with Democrats. I asked, I said, do you, do you enjoy the upgrades at Purdue stadium? Mm. And they said, Oh yeah, the stadium's beautiful. I said, do you enjoy the additional highway user revenues? Yes. Great. We can pave roads. I said, do you enjoy what's going on at downtown Salisbury? Well, now you're spending too much money in Salisbury. That's another topic. You enjoy what's going on at Salisbury University. We were able to provide funding for an entrepreneurship center and, and things at the university. Yeah, it's great. It's great. You know, I said the disparity grant, which affects Wicomico County, it's probably six, seven hundred thousand in additional funding every year uh, to the county on top of what we already get because of bills that I was able to 
to pass working with, uh, you know, Chairwoman McIntosh and uh, my colleagues from across the aisle, uh, you know, I said, so if you like all these things, how, how do you think that happens? Do you think it's just 41 or 42 Republicans up there doing it all ourselves? No, it's literally not. There's 99 Democrats. You can't get anything passed without Democratic support. It is literally physically impossible. Yeah. You can't even have a quorum to get 72 votes. So, you know, to, to, to enjoy the fruits of the labor, but then to criticize the labor itself, to me, I just, I found it a little odd. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Do you believe that Congressman Andy Harris had any involvement in this process? I, I'm not sure. I, I don't think so. Um, I don't. I don't believe so. And what is your relationship like with Congressman Harris? I can call him on a cell phone if I need any help. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the vote came down. Uh, the gentleman who was chosen, he had no elected experience and good. Good guy. I don't know him. You you I'll, you vouch for him and say he's a good guy. Um, oh yeah. And did you talk to him after the vote? He wasn't there. Oh, he wasn't there. But he, he wasn't there. I was the only one who stayed behind. And this happened. What on? I think it happened on a Thursday, a Wednesday, Thursday night. Yeah, th Thursday night. I think it's last Thursday night or two Thursday nights. Yes. Okay. Yep. It's been almost two weeks since the vote. Mm -hmm. News articles came out. I think that the general feeling, and we talked about this last week, uh, Delegate Anderton, with our panel, with Lynn Foxwell and Mark McLaren and Richard Deshay Elliott. I think that some heavy hitters, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> Lynn is always he always has availed himself to come on the podcast, and it's uh, it's it's nice. Uh, it, we were, I think, the, the general consensus is the writing was on the wall that you had the most experience, you had the support of the community, and it, it just was odd that the vote went the way that it did, even though you said you weren't surprised. And I think that people weren't necessarily upset with um, the doctor who was selected, but rather they were kind of like scratching their heads that it didn't make much sense. What was the feedback that you heard after the vote? Were, were your supporters upset? It was amazing. It was amazing. I'm going to tell you that that is the most, and this word gets thrown around a lot. People will always say it's the most humbling thing ever. Yeah. You know, well, this was, you know, I woke up Friday morning to a couple hundred unanswered text messages overnight from Thursday night, missed phone calls, yeah. and Facebook messages. And, and I mean, there were thousands of people, uh, who reached out to us either through email, text, or phone call, or Facebook message, uh, direct message on Twitter, uh, upset. And to me, that was amazing because you go through this, you, you sign up, you, you put yourself out there, you get elected, and you wonder, you know, how am I perceived? It's just human nature. Maybe it's a little vanity. I don't know. But you think, you know, how am I perceived? And so I never really, you know, and, and there's a lot of stuff when I – um go through life and I say, man, I'm really blessed, you know, and, and uh, to see this reaction and it's still going on and phones buzzing right now with people, I'm sure reaching out yeah. uh, the friend requests of just so <laughs> many reaching out, wanting to connect. Uh, I am blessed period. 
And I know that. And, uh, you know, I know that I may never be considered rich, but when it comes to the love of your community, man, I am wealthy. And that all that does for me is it places a heavier burden on my shoulders because I don't want to let anybody down. Yeah. And so I'm so, just going to work even harder. I appreciate that, uh, Delegate. On Saturday morning, my wife and I were, this is last Saturday. We were, yeah. like we do every morning, we, <laughs> or every Saturday morning, rather, we wake up probably around eight o'clock. We, I know that seems late because I'm usually up by six every day. I'd and, love to sleep till eight, man. Oh my gosh, it'd be great. Yeah, our cats sleep on top of us. Right. Um, they usually, oh, really? We have three cats and they usually get us up in the morning and uh, it's quite funny. Uh, my wife and I were, I was, I went down to the, to my living room and then she, uh, you know, usually comes down after me cause she's not a morning person. And I was watching, I was just scrolling through my Facebook feed and I saw a video that you had posted and I said, Kim, come here. And she sat down next to me. I said, come here, watch it. I want to, I want to show you a video from Carl. Um, and it was in a really, a really emotional video. And I, I have to tell you, it, was, it, it, it touched me because you talked, to, you didn't talk to people as a state delegate. You didn't talk to people as a, a community official. You talked to somebody as, as if they were sitting right across and you poured your heart out in that video. And it, it was, you know, at times on, I gotta be honest with you, it was very hard to watch because I think we all can relate to that because we've all, I've had my, I've had numerous failures in my life that have been humbling, more than humbling. And you get kicked in the face a lot of times and people say things that are hurtful and they try to discourage you from, you know, people try to discourage me all the time from writing this or writing that and, or doing a show about this. And they say nasty things. And most of the time it does roll off my back like a duck. I mean, it's like water. You just kind of, you know, wipe it off. But there are times where there are things that are really hurtful and you may not, expose that to the public you may not release that emotion to the public um but there are times where things that are said really do hurt and i think that's just a, a, a very human reaction and you talked about um there was i guess and i i obviously i wasn't on the ground in salisbury and wicomico but you talked a little bit about them talk, uh, people had made mention that you did not have a college degree um, or that an issue like that came up in the, the selection process and you, you opened up about that and that was, and then you talked about your experience growing up, going to high school, talking to someone that you confided in, um, who gave you some great life advice. And I, could you just share a little bit about what you expressed in that video? Sure. Uh, so I had found out, um, that, um, allegedly one of the council members was going to take my high school diploma to the media and say that I forged it, that it was a fake, wow. that I didn't have a high school diploma. Wow. Um, well, how did they get that idea? I think they were just grasping for straws to justify a vote. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. But to me, when I heard that, I said, you know what? Uh, you know, I've, I've had enough of this. Did that hurt? Of course it did. It's, it's, it's shameful that you, you know, Nobody should be made fun of. Nobody should be drugged through the mud for any reason, other you know, unless especially it's education. You know, and so I I, uh, I actually had a copy of my diploma from the interview Thursday night, uh, mm. and so I 
I sat there, I just turned on the video and I just started talking and I told my, my story growing up about, you know, how, you know, I was considered a, a troubled youth. I was considered a lost cause. I was considered a lot of things yeah. um, that I had fallen way short of the potential that was set up for me growing up. And, and uh, you know, uh, entering the end of my high school career, you know, I was still struggling and, and I decided I, I was just going to, I wanted to make some money and go to the military. I'd had enough. I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit still for eight hours. I couldn't study right. I couldn't do homework. I just, my mind would not allow me to center in on these things. Um, so I went to the superintendent and I said, look, what are my options here? What can I do? And he, uh, he, uh, he said, you know, it's Dr. Winnington, um, saved my life in many ways. He said, look, you know, you have a couple options. You can either go to summer school, graduate with your class, or you can just repeat the year, do it again, or you can go right down the hall, take the test, get your diploma, and get started with your life. So I started working. Uh, still had a plan to go into the military. I wanted to go in the Air Force. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying not to get messed up on you now. So I'm just trying to, to stay straight with it. But sure. I, uh, you know, I met my wife. We started dating. And so you know, I went and I got my diploma. Um, and then instead of going to the military, I got married. And so, you know, life changed on a dime, you know, she had just started school. So I was like, well, I'm going to work so she can go to school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we started having kids. And so I worked any job I could get, you know, I was a grave digger, uh, built houses. I cleaned out chicken houses, which believe me, is not fun. Um, you know, but I had some cool jobs along the way. I was a, I was a DJ on a couple of radio stations. Um, that's awesome. Fun. I would love to do that again one day. Um, <laughs> anywhere I could because my immediate goal was dinner that night. Yeah. Wasn't looking at 20 years down the road. How's this going to affect me? I wasn't looking at 30 years down the road. How's this going to affect me? Is this going to be thrown in my face 30 years from now? You know, it was being thrown in my face that day because every time I applied for a job, you know, it was constantly thrown at me. It's like, man, you, you did a great interview. You got a great, great head on your shoulders, but unfortunately, and that's all I kept hearing was unfortunately, 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 unfortunately. And so, you know, I, I had to overcome that and I still deal with it. You know, I feel like it has finally gotten past me, but I know it's going to rear its ugly head. You know, it's kind of like a hydra, you know, you cut the head off, there's going to be another one that shows up. And and so you, you, you constantly live with, you know, short sightedness, if you want to call it mistakes, what have you. When you're a kid in high school, you know, now as a full grown man, you know, 30 years later, you're still having that stuff thrown in your face. And so I just could not believe that I was living in a world where somebody would be so, if you don't want me, then don't appoint me. I'll run for the office if that's what the people of the county want. But to try to disparage me and all that I've overcome, I just felt, it, it just broke my heart in real time. And I could feel my heart breaking as I was talking to the camera because I was just like, I cannot believe that I have to go through this again, that somebody is willing to go to such lengths to, to fabricate something about me, uh, to look good, you know, and you know, it, it just is just unreal that in the year 2020, but then again, this year is unlike any other. So I guess anything's possible, but. Well, you held up a document during the video. What was that? That was my diploma. <laughs> that was my diploma I held up. Um, you know what? Here it is right here. Let's show it. Let's see it. Yeah. Yeah, right. 
Can you see it? That's awesome, man. Where That's did you Tiffany go to? Robin, Tiffany Robinson's autograph. She's really cool as the Secretary of Labor. Yeah. Uh, it's a facsimile, but it's a, it's a real document. This thing is it is real. It it does exist. Uh, how, how did? Let me ask you this. That's interesting because I, I, sure. I know Tiffany Secretary Robinson. Um, good person. Very very yeah. good person. So how did she get to? I'm just curious how she got to sign it. I don't know. It has the signature of the president of the State Board of Education. Huh? the secretary maryland department of labor i don't know how those two things come together but yeah. to get a copy because uh, my original diploma uh in 2005 my parents had a devastating garage fire oh. and all my childhood stuff was lost oh, and uh, a lot of my dad's stuff was lost uh, my brothers and sisters stuff was not lost by the way uh so clearly they're the favorites but uh um, so so I had to, I couldn't find it, so I had to get I had to, to order a new one, and um, so this you know something that I had long been ashamed of that I now uh, no longer feel that way that I did earn this. It is real, and it is ha- going to hang on the wall in my office. Amen, brother. On everybody that knows to come in, see that you can overcome any obstacles, whether you created them or they were created for you, and we've had. Four parents reach out to us since then to ask if I would speak with their kids who are considered to be on that same path. That's and awesome. If we, one of them, just one, turn their life around, then this whole mess is worth it. This whole I just believe that. And I'm telling myself that, and I know that to be true. It's all worth it if I can show an example for one teenager to realize you don't have to take the easy way out. Stick it, stay the course and do the right thing, you know, but everybody has their own life's journey. And sometimes you make mistakes, but you have the ability to go back and fix it. And so celebrate that instead of chastising it. And uh, it is something um, I thought would be an Achilles heel to me. Uh, so after doing that video, you know, when I put the video out there, I was like, I, I don't know what's going to come up, uh, but it has been nothing short of a blessing. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny in in life. Sometimes you see things and you're like, okay, this is this could be a curse, and you find out no, it's a blessing. You know, but then it works the other way around. You know, so but in this instance, the 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 feedback from this county um, has inspired me and has just motivated me to bust my butt even harder um, and just to grind that much more because I love the people of this county and I know they love me and. Uh, there's nothing better than being in a mutually loved, laden relationship. Yeah. So. Uh, so, delegate, after uh, the 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 gentleman was nominated by the he refused the 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 county executive seat. He said, "I I'm not I'm not going to do." Did he give a reason? I think it, I mean he's a cardiologist. He's a doctor, yeah. a heart, and that's a very important job. Sure. So I don't know, maybe he couldn't make the schedule work out, but, uh, I mean, he, um, he has, I think a heart doctor is probably one of the most important jobs on the planet. I imagine so. Uh, you know, what's next? What happens now? Are they going to go back to square one? I mean, is there a possibility now that you could be selected? I mean, anything's possible. Do you anticipate uh, it? Uh, I know that people have been reaching out to me again since they said they were going to take more applications. 
to ask me to reapply. And so are you going to reapply? Whatever my people want, you know, uh, I'll do anything for the people I serve. And so, I mean, are you leaning towards reapplying? I am, but based off feedback so far, yes. I mean, unless things change dramatically in the next couple of days, I expect to reapply. When is the next decision on who they'll pick? Do you have to go through another interview? I'm not sure what's going to happen. So, you know, during the, the, the interview, a specific question was asked about following the charter. And uh, would you follow the charter? And I said, of course, the charter is the law of the land. You have to follow that. Well, you know, the council has decided. When I say the council, I don't mean the entire council. Uh, but members of the council have decided that to not follow the charter. So they've expanded the date. And I guess they could drag this on as as long as they want until they get, you know, somebody that will do what they want. And because um, I, I don't I don't know if that's me. I mean, I'm, I'm there to work for one hundred and five thousand citizens of Wicomico County. And, uh, you know, so I don't know what they're looking for, but, uh, but we're, we'll go, we'll give it another shot, you know, and maybe, uh, you know, the way the community has reached out, the actual voters of the county have reached out. Maybe, maybe that's what um, will carry some weight um, this next go round. But uh, either way, I'm blessed, man. I get to wake up every day and I get to serve my neighbors. You know, I get to walk the halls of the State House in Annapolis, the same state house that George Washington was yeah. in. How cool is that? It's very cool. Uh, yeah. I, I, so, I mean, I, I feel that way every time I, I walk on the, the Capitol grounds and approach uh, the, the state capitol or walk past the governor's house or right. leave Harry Brown's on a, on a cool winter night after night. Yeah, right. on, as I'm doing my podcast from the I've, I've seen you miss several nights on the circle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm walking around hauling my little suitcase yeah. with my podcast yep. gear. Right. So delegate, uh, if you are not picked by the County council, do you intend to run for this seat in 2022? Again, it'll be whatever, you know, uh, the residents of the County want. And so far, um, it seems that they want me to run. So, you know, unless something changes, that's what we'll do. Yeah. Well, I, I know that that has to be a, a tough struggle. And I know that you didn't go into this. And my perception is you didn't go into this thinking you were owed this. I know that you're a humble guy. I know that you went through this process with humility, with grace, uh, integrity. You told people who you are and you show them every day who you are. And I don't, I, I don't know the, the relationship that you have with the council. Now I did reach out to a couple of the council members. They did not respond to my request for comment. And my, what my intention was is to find out, just tell me your process. What was your decision-making process? What, how do you grade somebody and how do you characterize someone's experience as relate to uh, the, the job itself? Because when you go for a job interview, obviously you want if, and I've, I've had the position of hiring people before. You want someone who yeah. is not only enthusiastic and passionate and who understands the role, but really who has the credentials, who you know that could step into the job and be ready. Of course, there's a transition period, but you, as a with your experience, your relationships with state delegates in locally as a former city council person or town councilman, mayor, an executive, you have executive experience. You know what it's like to to run a town. You you understand the you, you municipal functions of that of that gig. 
it makes sense to me, at least the logic is there, that you would have been the qualified choice for this this seat. And you give it a run, they, they test you out, and uh, the, then the vo- you decide to run for it, then the voters can decide if you've done a good job. Exactly. So, exactly. I, 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 again, I don't have the other side's story, and I'm sure I won't. And I did reach out to a couple of members. I haven't heard back, and I don't think I will hear back. But the situation to me, at least watching this from a distance, was bizarre. Uh, I feel like partisan politics may have taken a play, and unfortunately, that happens. And I, it doesn't make much sense to me that someone would be judged on whether or not they're too middle of the road or too willing to build relationships or uh, too willing to have conversations with the opposing party. I think that's what's wrong with the country, Delegate, is that we don't talk to one another enough, that we don't build relationships enough, that we're not having you know, pre-COVID, we're not eating together as Democrats and Republicans. We're not sitting, we're not hanging out. Everything is so toxic these days. And it, no, you're right. It should never be. I think to me, it we should never be. I don't ever want to be defined by who I voted for in the last election or my politics. I, I want to be known as a good husband, a good father, someone who cares about uh, senior citizens, someone who cares about his community. Um, and has a passion for for news and delivering that value to people, not making a whole lot of money doing it. And I have a labor of love. I, and just as you would want to be known for, I think, similar reasons. And nobody ever yeah. wants to be defined by their politics. And I think that that's why we have such toxicity in this in this country. And we got to get past this. And it's it kind of stinks that it was impacted at a local level that um well i'll tell you something something cool that that i saw this past week uh when you're talking about the partisan you know i saw social media threads where i know the people commenting and i've they or could be further apart like complete trump loving trump you know and then complete (laughs) anti-trump you know, never agree on anything. And I've seen them argue on social media on issues. Yeah. But this week, they were helping each other out, understand what was going on and what the next steps would be for them. To see people come together like that over me, that was that was amazing. It was amazing. It was like, you know, for a moment there, you're like, you know, we are doing something special here. We just don't see it yet. But it's coming. I believe it's coming. I believe that this community will come together over the next two years like we haven't seen before. Well, it, there's a there's so much promise for Wicomico County. I love the the community. I love Salisbury. I try to get down there as much as I can. It's a it's a really fantastic place. I imagine to live. Kim and I love visiting. We love taking the kids there, and um, you know I appreciate you i appreciate that um that you have uh availed yourself to be someone of 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 reason and logic and someone who truly cares about the job and not the party who elected you and i i get it i understand partisan politics i i really do and but at a municipal level delegate i see less partisan politics coming into play and it's it's really hard to get so i think it's hard to get partisan 
with water and sewer issues, with zoning issues. Right. Right. Absolutely. With, it, it doesn't fit. With basic functions. And now, you essentially, as a, if you are the executive, would you then therefore be the basically the, the chief of, or how would you, what would be your jurisdiction over pol- or county police? Would you be in charge of county police? No, we have a duly elected sheriff, Sheriff Mike Lewis. So oh, okay. Uh, with the sheriff on his funding issues, but the sheriff has complete oversight. So that would be different. Okay. When I was there, we had oversight of the police department. Okay. But you don't have that same thing on the on the county level because the sheriff is a duly elected official. Same thing with the state's attorney. Yeah. And and I understand that there's there's partisan issues or there's some heated issues with respect to policing, something that we have to address. But even still, municipal issues aren't partisan. And Scott Hancock and I have had this discussion multiple times, and that's why I tell him. I, I always give him credit where he deserves it because he manages a an organization that is truly nonpartisan. It really is. And it's Absolutely. about it's about providing services at the best possible value and ensuring that people who live in cities, like I live in the city of Gaithersburg, uh, that municipals, uh, these municipal jurisdictions are getting the best advantage and the best bang for the buck, so to speak. And I just don't see municipal and county issues to be so partisan. And I understand people are elected on Democrat or Republican sides, but right. I just, I, I don't, I don't see how that would even influence. I mean, you're not deciding pro-life issues. It's not going to, no, no, and right. you're, you're, you're not going to, you're not implementing, uh, you know, major tax overhaul or reform. And I mean, I understand taxing policy, of course, but still, you're not going to be doing these big partisan issues. You're not going to be in charge of immigration. <laughs> so <laughs> no, that's true. Right. I, I'm, I just hope for Wicomico County's sake that partisan politics are put aside and that the council picks the best person, whether it be you or even somebody else who is qualified who can step into the job on day one and who can, can who has a vision most important vision is important and who can work with other leaders so Absolutely. you know delegate anderton i'm sure this has been an experience that you will remember and to oh, <laughs> probably has has shaped you in a way and um I, I appreciate that you did put your name forward wicomico county is a burgeoning county look people are People are coming there. You you want that tourism dollars, man. You want people to come down yeah, and, man. You and, got it. and absolutely. You want people to come down and, and shop in and in, in places like Del Mar and Salisbury, other locations. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. It's a you know, and it's a pass through community as you're heading towards the beach. Um, we want to make you stop. You know, we have some really cool things you can do along the way. Yeah. Sharp town, you can stop Willards, you know. I mean, there's there's a lot of places outside. Salisbury. What about your cigars? Where do you get those at? Salisbury. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the only place where they have a shop. And, you know, there's, we have two two spots in Salisbury. That, that, uh, Brutland, man. That's where the uh, Texas Roadhouse is. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Fall to bone ribs. Next time we're down there, we got we to gotta hit up. Let's the, do it. We'll hit up. We'll get Jackie and Wes, and uh, we'll bring them Let's over go. and do some uh, Texas Roadhousing. But, uh, you know, I, I'm... I don't. I don't say this as much as I should, but I. I really appreciate you. I'm. I'm proud of you for for running. I think it's great, and I really am thankful that you came on on a Sunday night. You could be doing anything else, but you joined me, 
for an hour to talk about, uh, I know it was probably, I don't want to call it a painful situation, but something that was um, a journey, so to speak, and a lesson that I'm sure that uh, you're going to take some some good takeaways from this. But thanks for all that you do for your constituents. Thank you for um, your your hard work. Um, being a state delegate, I'm sure, is not easy. And talking to many of you guys in Annapolis and, and elsewhere, I know that you put in a lot of hours and you truly oh, care. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're not in it yeah. for the money because you don't make a whole lot of money. Yeah. Um, no, we're not in it for the money. No, no, no but, but uh, you know, I'm just grateful to have the opportunity. Yeah, um, delegate, where can people find more about you? Where where can they go to learn a little bit more about you as and then or your the services that uh, your district office can help them with? Sure. I mean, you can call me direct on my my cell phone four four three three, five, nine, one, three, three, five. Uh, we're on all the social medias, you know, Facebook, you know, uh, Twitter, Instagram, it's all Carl Anderton Jr. One word, C-A-R-L-A-N-D-E-R-T-O-N-J-R. Uh, and, and so, you know, we're very easy to reach. Uh, we have a, a, an email address. Um, it's about this long. <laughs> um, I still, all these years later, I still don't have the email address memorized, but you can just shoot me a text. Yeah. Uh, you know, four four three three five nine one three three five, and and you know, I'll do whatever I can to help. Well, I know you're responsive because anytime I text you, you get right back to me, and I, I really appreciate it. I I wish you the best. I hope that things, um, I hope the next round, uh, when you apply, I hope that uh, at least maybe you'll get some more answers. Um, <laughs> but uh, keep up the great work. Thanks for all that you do for your constituents. And listen, be safe out there. I don't know what. I know that that things seem to be getting better in the state of Maryland with respect to COVID. Yes. That's good news. Uh, but social, please practice social distancing. Please uh, continue to to wear your masks. I, I always forget it when I'm walking out and I sort of do like the uh, the spider walk back into the house. And <laughs> yeah, Kim will remind me, she's like, oh, did you forget your mask? And I'll have to run back in. Um, right. And I think they even make Ravens masks. I don't know if you have. I have one in the car, man. That's my oh, car, man. All right. I got yeah, my Red I my, my granddad and I are, are Red Sox fans, so we right. – I, I got I him. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Saw the, I saw that. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. well, listen, tell Bunky I said hi. Man, Bunky's the man. He's all over the place. He's right here. Come it, here, can, Bunky. Put you in the, can he make yeah. a surprise appearance? Yeah. Hey, hey. Look at this. Bunky's – he's smoking a cigar. I do, I do want to add one thing that I think was – amazing is that you know carl's a white republican and the NAACP wrote him a letter of endorsement for this position and he also has police officers so i i don't know a lot of white republicans in america that are getting the support of both police officers and the NAACP, but in this process he did yeah. and this is a tribute to how amazing he is and his leadership oh thanks i'm glad you added that bunky <laughs> i'll Bunky Luffman, man, he is uh, he is Mr. Maryland, and I'm that dude, boy. Yeah, I, I, that's I, a smart cat. You know, I'm I was not saying it because he's sitting here, but you know, fellas, I was looking forward to going to Chrisfield this year. And, I know, right? And they canceled it because, of course, Chrisfield is usually the hottest day of the year in the middle of July, and I know last year it was like the hottest day, and then. Of course, Foxwell and I do our after party up in Cambridge, and we were looking forward to going down in October where I I would have worn shorts, but I would probably worn a jacket um, over that. And that's unheard of in the middle of uh, July. 
And we'll pick a day, come down anyway. Yeah, well, I, you know what? We'll go sit in the parking lot, burn cigars together. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I haven't had some crabs recently. Um, well, we can take care of that too, bro. So crab cigars, and uh, I'm, my wife will come down. I have to bring the wife too. I like bring her. Come on, let's yeah. go. Her birthday's on. Her birthday's Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. We'll see you Thursday. Uh, yeah right I, I think we're gonna I, no I think we're gonna do a day trip or something so uh, you know you, we, we may not yeah. we, we may end up down there um, State Delegate Carl Anderton thank you so much I appreciate your time tonight I hope you have a wonderful week and uh, we'll stay in touch definitely let's do it brother thank All right, you my man thank you so much Carl alright alright folks uh, that was State Delegate Carl Anderton from District 38B, he put his hat into the ring for the county executive seat, uh, and he talked about his process and what's going to happen next. So, appreciate him coming on. And just a reminder, aminordetail.com is the website. Make sure you – I want you to do me a favor. Please, just just do me a favor. If you visit a minor detail, M-I-N-E-R, not O-R, M-I-N-E-R, a minor detail, dot com slash newsletter, you can subscribe to my daily newsletter or morning newsletter. And I won't spam you. I only send you one thing once a day, and that's just catching up on news. We'll send out these podcasts so that you can listen. And then you can like and subscribe to the podcast and then check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash a minor detail, twitter.com slash a minor detail. And I'm on Twitter. You can see it. Wait, up here. I'm pointing to it. Yeah. Okay. Point it right there. Ryan R. Minor. Like this is opposite. The camera is opposite. So I, it doesn't mirror me. It. Okay. Anyway. But I appreciate y'all listening tonight. I hope that you have a safe and successful week. September, man, it's coming up. What, Tuesday? My wife's birthday. Wish Kim, my, my lovely, lovely better half, who is my everything. Uh, she is, I won't tell you her age because she'll kill me, but she is having a birthday on September 3rd. So wish her a happy birthday. And uh, I hope you guys bring in September. And uh, I always think of that Green Day song. Wake, I think it's Green Day. Wake me up when September ends. So... Um, with that, safe, happy, healthy week. S social distance, my friends. Wear your masks. I know it's a pain. And uh, shop local. All right, folks, have a good week, and uh, I'll see you next Sunday. Hey, it's Ryan. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to a Minor Detail podcast through iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, or virtually any available podcast directory. And you can find A Minor Detail on the web at aminordetail.com. I am interested in your feedback. Email me at ryan at aminordetail.com. And please go ahead and give us a like and subscribe on Facebook and Twitter using the at sign. That is at a minor detail with an E, not an O. That's it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you around.